0: Hi, Steve Arterburn here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode.
1: I am so glad to see you. I'm in California with... Dr. Jill Hubbard and Jim Burns, and we are going to take your calls for. <laughs> yeah, we are so happy to be together in the same room. We are going to be taking your calls for the next two hours. One eight hundred two two nine three thousand. We want you to call. We can help you. Um, today is a special day. Steve is at National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, and he's receiving the award for Radio Impact, and it's. Presented to a person, station, program, network, or ministry that's illustrated over time a consistent and unique impact within the Christian radio industry and or to the body of Christ as a whole. And if that doesn't describe Steve and what he's done with New Life, it's just really an amazing day. And I know he's very excited about receiving that. And both of you have known him through this whole entire journey. And do you remember way back when, when people were like, you're going to do what? You're going to have a radio show and do treatment? And I mean, it's really amazing when you think about how many lives have been impacted Mm -hmm. because of Steve's call to do this work and he'll continue to do this you know um, it's it's he's pretty much the first one that was saying things on the radio that we were all like going what no I don't think you're supposed to say that I know
2: some of us (laughs) back in the early days were like oh yeah
1: but think about Jill his honesty oh yeah Clarity, his transparency has helped so many people do the same thing in their mm-hmm. own life. Absolutely, um, I would be so intrigued, Jim. I'm sure you have old stories mm-hmm. of him <laughs> because you guys have known each other forever. Oh yeah, before new life. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, are you shocked that he got the radio No,
3: <laughs> not at all. I think he sh- he deserved it years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and you mentioned it. It's his authenticity. It's his. Faithfulness—I know that sounds like a dog—and I would tell him that to his face. <laughs> yeah. But he, he truly is somebody who is has brought so much good, and Ashley's role model for us because we Christian leaders—we need uh, people who are authentic. You know, the Bible says that the man or woman of integrity walks securely. And you know, he's not—he admits he's not done it always right. perfect, right. but he's been a person of integrity, mm-hmm. and by doing that, he he brings security to all of us. He brings security to the listeners. Um, because he he does this with integrity. Plus, he's just the funniest he's guy. So funny! How, that's how I was drawn to him. You know, he was right. singing at our church. Believe it or not, so he was in the worship group. Very different kind of worship back, you know, oh, yeah. in the eighties. But um, and he had a great voice. But uh, I met him, and then I went, "This is, this guy's crazy. He is so fun." <laughs> um, but I always knew God's hand was on his life. Yeah. You know, this was before he was doing anything in the Christian world. He was working as a vice president for something called CompCare, which was a, a treatment yes. center years and years ago. Yes and uh, And yet I knew his hand god 's hand was upon him, and i 'm so thrilled for him to get this email.
1: one of my one of my favorite stories of steve's goes way back like twenty years ago. we were in um, Cape May, New Jersey, Jill with loser for life and i 'm sitting at a table with him and a couple of the attendees, and this woman was going on and on about why she couldn 't lose weight. she had tried everything, and nothing was working. Well, her name happened to be Francis. And Steve says to her, well, I think your name should be St. Francis of Excuse <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what? <laughs> she took it gracefully, but, yeah. you know, he's always able to get right to the core right. of what right. the issue is.
3: Oh, he does that on the radio. Yes, he I'm does. amazed. <laughs> How did he know that?
1: I know well, I tell you if if you think about Steve today, pray for him, celebrate him, yeah. um, be grateful for how God has used his life in all of our lives, and uh, we 'll continue to do so. Um, you know we 'd love to talk to you today we got some calls coming in, got some lines open one eight hundred two two nine three thousand we 're grateful for steve we 're celebrating that radio impact award today uh, for Steve and for new life. We know that you are listening and we 're grateful that you're listening. I hope that if there's something on your heart today that you need to talk about, you'll call us because gosh, Jim and Jill are so wise, so smart (laughs) that you don't want to miss this opportunity that you might, it might make an impact in your life. We'll be right back after this.
4: To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back. If you want to call us, 1-800-229-3000 is the number. If you're wondering why I'm in California, we just did our Intimacy and Marriage Intensive and in. Incredible work that the counselors in the group does, and uh, some people, their marriages are different, they're better, um, and they're on their journey. So pray for those couples, but we're going to do our Restore Intensive this weekend orange county again if you are a woman who has struggled with pain of betrayal and you need recovery you need to begin that journey join us this weekend you can call us we'll give you all the details we're going to go to the calls right now and we're going to talk with april who's calling us from los angeles california listens on kkla hello april how can we help you today
5: hello hi thank you
6: for taking my call i I have a question about kind of an impossible situation. Um, my when one of my daughters was five years old, we were visiting family in another state, and um, um, she had told us after the fact that basically she had been molested by my brother-in-law. Mm. And that was a couple of years ago, and we we went through all the steps of police. And, and everything. So where we're at right now is I have a seven-year-old little girl who misses her cousins, doesn't understand why she can't see um, my entire side of the family, why she hasn't seen them and is now starting to blame herself Mm -hmm. um, because this happened, she is feeling cut off and I don't really know what to do. We have, um, I only have one sister with her husband. Um, they deny it. Um, the police, uh, out there said they didn't have enough evidence to convict. So, you know, nothing came of it. And so we're at this point where our mother is aging and there's only the two of us. We're going to be interacting as family in the future. And I reached out to my sister to, in many ways, um, I even wrote her a letter to say, we need to find an adult way of moving forward in one way or another. And she's that was last June that I wrote that letter and she hasn't spoken to me Mm. at all. Mm. And I don't really know what to do. We're going to be out there next month for a wedding because I don't want to keep barring my whole family from that side of the family. You know. So I don't know how to how to move forward. How my what to do next? It's uh, so hard.
1: To, That's hard, April, and it's also the loss that you're having. Um, is this your only sister? Yes, yeah,
6: my only sibling.
1: And, oh, okay.
2: Well, Jill, mm. sounds like she's oh, started April, on the right path. So difficult because you had to make such a important, difficult choice but what choice did you have other than to stand up for your daughter mm-hmm. because this affects her entire life right um and and to protect her even though it's against your own family right to not collude with keeping a family secret like that um and so of course there there is loss um you're going to this family wedding will they be at the wedding and could no. they will not be at the wedding okay um, I'm wondering about, uh, you know, good that you wrote a letter. You're trying. I understand your sister's upset. However, had the situation been reversed and it was her child, um, I would imagine she would have had a different take on it. Um, right. and, and even, you know, what's also concerning, let's say it's not true, um, but there was something that was misconstrued. Either way, and especially if it is true, um, and, and maybe you don't know this, but for your sister and her husband to do some work, to mm-hmm. do some therapy, and to um, be able to say, you know, we don't believe this happened, but we are so grieved that mm-hmm. it's perceived to have happened, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, you don't have that. You have the anger in them shutting you out. I might make another attempt to say, could we have the kids get together? I understand by your lack of response that you're still angry with me. However, the kids are being punished in all of this and would love for them to still have relationship. Mm. Are you open to that type of meeting? That's good. Jim?
3: Yeah, April, I'm so sorry for what takes place because the decision that that man made, uh, whatever it was, uh, you know, has now broken up a family and I'm so sorry for that. Well, I want to focus for a moment on your daughter and just remind you that uh, sexual abuse of any kind is like an onion peel. You know, she goes through it at five and it's this you know trauma for a five-year-old. Sometimes that's not as big of a trauma as we who are adults see it as. That doesn't mean it's not right. trauma. Right. It just right. means they don't see it if you know what I mean. And then at seven, something else happens developmentally. There's going to be times. It might even be when she gets to puberty where this comes up again. And to be honest, it may not. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. But through that, you'll have to go through this process over and over and over again, just like you do as a mom. You know when they, you know they deal with something, and then you think that's kind of over, and then they deal with it as a, you know, an older child and then a young a preteen and then a teen, et cetera. So, you know, know that you're going to have this, this onion peel, but I think you've got to understand that you made the right decision. And sometimes when you make a right decision, it has horrible consequences. Mm-hmm. And you're, to be honest, not going to be able to do much for your sister um, in, in that side. Um, you've done what you've, you've, you wrote the letter. And so what Jill said, you know, I think you keep coming back. Um, to trying to you know make that relationship take a tiny baby step because it's not going to be this you know kumbaya let's mm-hmm. get together it's just not going to be that she has she has anger that's probably directed at you and also think about what's going on in that life if, if that happened think about what's going on in you know in her marriage anyway and all the other issues so I. I I think you sometimes you go wait I I had to make this decision it's the right thing to do and it's very costly mm-hmm. and then do what you can you know keep the relationship with your mom keep the relationship with the others and she'll have to understand as she gets older because she's not going to understand it as a 7 year old that sometimes this is this loss is also the loss of a good relationship with cousins
1: well mm-hmm. and I think to that point Jim you know April she is making um assumptions this is all because of her Yeah, that you need to disrupt that there are people that come in and out of our lives throughout our lifetime on their own decision. I love what you just said though, Jim, when you make a right decision, it doesn't always make it better. No. And and that's where you're, that's the difficulty here. And April, the sadness of losing your sibling to your point, Jill, that they didn't come back and say, Hey, let's work this out. You know, that's, that's to be grieved. But I think, you know, you have to, Keep calm and carry on. And and to help your daughter is the priority.
2: Well, right. And I think to reinforce that she did the right thing by telling you... And that you had to do the right thing by protecting her. Because so much of what happens in trauma, Jim, and what you were saying, it's not the actual event. It's how people respond or don't respond to it. That's right. Right. So the fact that it was really important that you stood up and protected her. And that's not a wrong thing. Right. Right. But sometimes people who have done wrong don't don't want to admit it, right? right? Don't like to accept that consequence. Right. right. And, so. then,
3: and there, there's two issues of grief here. One is her daughter and one is April's. Yes. Because there's deep loss. There's deep loss. I mean, her, her, her daughter sister. was molested. That was yeah. Yes. And now she doesn't have a relationship with her sister, etc. Yeah. So, you know, she has to do the work. April, you've got to make sure you're doing the work to... You know, to face into your grief because it really is a it's a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's nothing that you did wrong and it's nothing that your daughter did wrong. One of the things I say to, to teenagers, teenage kids who've been sexually abused is it's never your fault. It's right. the fault of the abuser. Right. Right. Really hard. When you said your daughter's going, Oh guy, I shouldn't have reported this I mean she's seven. Right? Right. And, and yeah. I get that. But somehow she'll have to learn that it was not her fault.
1: Yeah. The you know, there's another piece of grief there. Yes. Um, is that her sister didn't respond yeah i mean like it's just it's heartbreak upon heartbreak but now we got to focus on the daughter
3: yeah and keep
1: moving forward um april i'm going to send you how we love our kids only because you now need to move past this becoming the central issue of your daughter's doesn't need
2: to define her it's a chapter right right it's not her definition right and she did
1: the right thing and now we're going to you know make her grow and heal and healthy and all of those kind of mm-hmm. things. But we're so grateful that you call. We'll be praying for you. Um, that's a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to uh, Ann, who's calling us from Knoxville, listens on WITA, I think is the name of that station. And we're grateful that you called, Anne. How can we help you today? I, well,
7: I'm looking for some advice on um, tools that I can use to help um, slow a conversation down uh, with my husband when we're both I feel triggered and um, his responses are coming pretty rapidly. I need to just how to know how to gain a few moments so I can figure out what's happening or slow the conversation down
1: okay um and give us an example of one such conversation
7: uh, It's kind of hard well i um It's, uh, more like I I feel a little bit accused when he speaks, Mm -hmm. like he'll say that he just wants to feel loved and I'll say, well, what, you know, what does that look like for you? And he'll say things like, well, I know it when I see it. And I'll say, well, I'm kind of concrete learner. I need something a little more concrete. And he'll say, no, you're emotional and I can't argue with that. And, um, it just kind of goes really rapidly and
2: spirals mm-hmm. in a lot of different directions. Oh, okay, so Anne, I'm going to jump in here. Oh, okay, so you have this dance that's created between the two of you. Two concrete things that you can do. One is utilize touch. When he's talking to you, lean in and touch him on the arm. Hmm. And you can ask him, okay, I really want to hear you. Can you slow your comments down so that I can take them in? Right. So so that's one thing. Another thing, if you're getting flooded and overwhelmed to also with touch, say, I'm feeling really flooded right now. Let me take a a five minute break and let's come back. And you take a timeout. You go to the restroom or or, you know, however you can break for a few minutes so that you can recollect your thoughts and then come back and say, "Okay, let's try again. So those
8: are like
2: two examples of things that you can try because this dance just starts and the music's going and it's not going to stop right and it always ends up in the same spot and you have to interrupt the dance right. to create some new dance steps otherwise it's always going to end up the same pattern regardless of the content
1: yeah you know and one of the things that we did this weekend has help couples understand the dance that they're in and a lot of times this comes from your family of origin mm-hmm. Uh, what did you see in your parents? What did you? What did he see? How did you both see relationships work? And to get to those core attachment styles, can just it it really makes a difference in your lives, um, Jim? What would you suggest you know, for,
3: for one thing? And I really like that you said, "What does this look like?" He didn't give you a fair answer on no. the illustration you gave us because what you want is well, how can I? you know, show love? How can I show care? And, you know, as time goes on, you want to have him be more um, upfront with what that looks like. And and sometimes you can get it, obviously, sometimes you can't. You know, oftentimes I'll say here on the radio that, that communication is a learned trait. And so it sounds like there could be some learning that, I mean, you're learning, you're calling here and you're getting some good input and you're asking for tools. And if your husband isn't willing to go get counseling, I would suggest that you go and get the counseling and, and develop some of those kinds of tools to communicate more effectively. Um, you're kind of singing uh, mine and Kathy's song. Now, we've been married almost 50 years, so you know we're, we're, we're not planning on uh, going anyplace, but we sure have a high-maintenance uh, thing. And there are times when I've had to say to Kathy, or Kathy's had to say to me, I just need a break. I, what I'd like to do is—is is can we have dinner right now? <laughs> I'm hungry, and I never do well if I if I'm hungry. And, and could we come back about seven thirty? And and really, truly, let's sit on the couch. Let's have some tea, and let's let's do it in a different thing. So what I'm doing is I'm going to change the atmosphere, and I'm going to change the the pressure, and uh, mm-hmm. and and that helps sometimes. It's it's a lot like what Jill just said.
2: Right. Well, and I think, though, also to ask him, tell me a time when you did feel loved by me.
4: Ooh, good, good.
2: Right? So that that will give you maybe a picture. Do you, is there a time mm. when you did feel loved? I, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it is the cycle that, so many couples get into and this isn't just the two of you no Mm -hmm. it gets historical hysterical and it just until you disrupt that and understand why it's happening you'll continue to do the same thing i would love for you guys to join us at our intimacy and marriage intensive in washington dc in july it would be a great way for you guys to get some understanding about this we'll send you a copy of how we love in the meantime and uh we're glad you called We are taking calls, 1-800-229-3000. We'll be back right after this.
4: We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free, 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live
1: welcome back we would love to hear from you 1-800-229-3000 is the number I'm here with Dr. Joel Hubbard and Jim Burns and we love to address whatever you want to address it's Mm -hmm. you know it's what we live for well Mm -hmm. maybe not but it's always um, a surprise yeah yeah it (laughs) (laughs) is it is oh wow I didn't know that was going to come up Um, we're going to go to the calls and we're going to talk with Bruni who's calls from Quakertown Pennsylvania listens on WBYN am I saying that correctly Bruni Yes, yes, ma'am. Wonderful. How can I help you? To or how can we help you?
8: Um, sorry to bother you. You know, some people have
1: worse cases, and I'm taking No, time. no. okay. <laughs> you know what, though, Brittany. Now that you brought that up, do you know that there are a lot of people that feel the same exact yep. way, mm-hmm. and every problem is worth listening to. Yes, so, and it's your problem. Exactly. So
2: it it's impactful to you. So That's there's right. no prize for the worst case scenario. That's right. But if you want to go
1: for that, let's yeah. do it, Bruni. <laughs> <laughs> How can we help you today?
2: Um,
8: okay, I'm trying uh, having, um, having trouble discerning if when my life is turning around, it's it's of God He's closing doors in different parts. Oh, it's the devil that doesn't want me to impact people's lives with my mm-hmm. testimony. Um, right now, I am barely making every day because the pain in my heart is so, so
1: huge.
8: Mm-hmm. And um, and I just have to make drastic decisions because of that. Um, I'm just going to give you one of them. Um, just one. Uh, the, the The grandkids have been raising for 17 years. Uh, they're going back with their mom. They're both teenagers. I am um, late lately. They've been treating me really abusive. So, um, so my, my sister law say, you've been giving your best in every single thing that you've done. And it's time for you to, to, to receive, to start off and stop giving in such a way, because you're walking around with so much pain. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the situations and and other stuff that I you know, I'm always being involved with the children ministry and 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 I always God give me that grace and it's closing too. So I don't know if it's I'm not I'm not portraying the pain to anybody and I still fulfill my commitment in the ministry but Mm -hmm. right now I just
1: I don't know what to think. So Bruni, what you're talking about is uh, you the ministry that you've done at church and in your family, they're asking you maybe it's your time to not do that anymore. Is that what you're saying? It it,
8: it the doors have been closed right okay. now. Okay. So some people say when God closes the door, he's opening another window. Right. But because I cannot think straight because I'm mm. dealing with so much emotional okay. pain okay. that I can't think straight. What do you have to tell me about this
1: stuff? Okay. All right. Jim, let's start with yeah. you.
3: What do you, When you say closing doors, What is what does that specifically mean? In I know what it means. It sounds like the children you've been raising, the grandchildren, are, are going back home to their parents. To her, their mom, but the, the the church ministry. What does that mean? Did they ask you to step down, Bruni?
8: They're not asking me to step down in a straight way like that. Uh-huh. But the ob- the obstacles that being presented, it just is like you know. My mother used to say, if you a good understanding of words, you know, they don't need a lot of words for you to understand yeah, what they're trying understand.
3: to say to you. Okay. So that's where I am. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that you use the word discerning and you're discerning that, that that's happening and and I understand that. You know, part of this, there's two things that I can think of. One is, you have a lot of emotional pain mm-hmm. and sometimes what we have to do is this is a season for us to work on our own pain and, and this isn't selfish at all, but it's so we get well. Um, you know, in fact, Jesus said to uh a man who was paralyzed. Do you want to get well? And it was interesting because the man didn't say yes. Um, he kind of made an excuse. There's no one here to put me into the pool. If you know that story in the Bible, it's a beautiful story. Yes. And he kind of made yes. an excuse. Uh, and he said, "But there's no one here to, you know, to put me into the pool." And Jesus just said, "You know, get up, pick up your mat, and walk." And and so this may be a time for you to to work in and and face your emotional pain. For example, I mean, you you've been hanging with. With grandkids that 's mm-hmm. the joy of life, and also the hardest thing you know yeah. going, especially when you 're the grandma okay and in terms of just age, tiring uh, their attitudes, things of like that and then the other thing with the, with the church i 'm not sure what that exactly means, and you may want to just point blank ask them what what do you want me to do because sometimes people at church aren 't very good at just saying hey here 's what we 're thinking we 're making we 're going a different way, or maybe there 's something else i 'd work on your own emotional um, pain, but I would also make sure that at church two things happen. One is that you ask them specifically if the door is closing. You know what specifically are would you like me to do, and try to get as specific as an answer as possible. That's the, you deserve that for all of your servant service and care for the children. And then secondly, I'd get around other people who love you and support you at church, maybe or even family, and and ask them for their wisdom. What do they think? And they may have some of the same things that, uh, you know, that I was just thinking in terms of, you know, it's time for you, like your sister said, you know, it's time for you to to get emotionally well.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bruni, hold on. We're going to take a break and uh, we'll hear from from Jill. You know, there's a saying that says clear is kind. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. when we are in ministry, it's hard. Like you said, Jim, a lot of times people in ministry have a hard time being clear because yep. they think they're going to hurt your feelings. And that, the the weird thing is, Bruni, that's what you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. You're feeling confused because clarity hasn't been offered. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're in ministry out there and you haven't been clear, but you're feeling a certain way towards somebody, remember there's always work that can be done in ministry, always. It may not be the same place, but uh, to not be clear is, not, is to be unkind. It mm-hmm. just is. We are glad you called Bruni. Hold on. We'll be right back and hear from Jill. We're taking calls. 1-800-229-3000.
0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call one 800 new life. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope, and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places.
4: glad you joined us for new life live to be a part of the program call one 800 229 now back to new life live
1: Welcome back. If you missed the comforting wisdom of Dave Stoop as much as we do, you'll love seeing a classic footage of him and Steve talking about steps 9 through 12 on today's uh, Life Recovery Today. If you missed it live on NRB TV at 9 a.m. Eastern, obviously you did if you're listening to me now and you didn't hear about it, (laughs) you can check it out at liferecoverytoday.net to view it and all the other ones as well.
2: We are talking with Bruni. She's Mm -hmm. in a change of life It's a transition. It is a transition. Bruni, there are different seasons of life, and at times we come to a crossroads. And you're asking, is this of God? Is this of the devil? I don't know that that's the question, because either way, you need to seek God in it. And regardless of its origins, God will use it in your life. And I think you're getting input um, as, as mentioned before, um, from your sister, about focusing on yourself. So that kind of tells us that maybe you've had such a long season of caregiving, kids, church, and you've been the giver, right? And that probably it's very difficult for you to receive and to be in a posture of other people putting into to your life. Um along with what Jim was saying about talking to the church, I think we want to use every situation as an opportunity to learn more about ourselves and to keep growing, because we keep growing till the day we die. And so to ask them, is there something that you were seeing that I could be working on? Is there an area that maybe I'm not aware of? Um, And you, you have to, you know, prepare yourself to have them be more direct with you, and sometimes that can be hurtful, But if you can take it as constructive, like, okay, you know, maybe the stuff with grandkids and and the emotion of that was leaking out into my ministry, right? That could very well be. And so a time of maybe seeking, like they said, wise counsel, maybe doing some therapy and looking at the parts of your life and the things you'd like to change. How does that sound, Bruni? Well, did we lose Bruni? Bruni, are you there?
1: We must have lost her. Well, hopefully, well, I, she'll I'm listen hoping, again. I'm hoping, yes, Bruni, yeah.
2: that that you're hearing this, even if we're not able to speak with you.
1: Do you know one of the biggest challenges, though, with any any of us that are going through these changes? Right, mm-hmm. it's it's recognizing. It's not personal, but it feels personal. Right?
2: Oh, it feels really devastating, especially when we're our heart's in the right place. Right. Yeah, right? right. Yeah, but we all have blind spots yeah. to ourselves.
1: You, you know? know,
3: I was thinking about she's back. I was thinking about Bruni, and I was saying there's a phrase that has been meaningful to me over the years. It says, "Is the work of God I'm doing destroying the work of God in me?" And what that ah, has says oh. sometimes that is my heart for God. I'm trying to do God's work, and yet my heart is shrinking because I'm so busy. I'm so mm, affected by yeah. what's going on or whatever. And, you know, there are people who go, you know, Steve is on a sabbatical right now. I'm not saying that's his story. I'm just simply saying, you know, he's taking a good rest. Taking he deserves it after rest. all these years. Yeah. But there are people who who take a break. It's not forever, but they take a break so that they can work on you know mm-hmm. their heart their own heart right and it might be that bruni's been giving 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 yeah and now it's time to uh take a breath right. you know even on the seventh day god rested you know the bible mm-hmm. even says and was refreshed and that means to exhale maybe it's time for her to take an exhale breath that's right get some freedom and then she'll even be stronger coming back
1: okay bruni how does that sound to you that
8: sounds like i was thinking of- that's exactly what I was mm-hmm. thinking, but i don't I wanted it to make sure mm-hmm. that um that I need to heal for the pain uh and then i can yeah. which yeah. Is, it's not an obstacle for for what I teach, but the point of it is that god's God's plans are better for me than my own plans Yes, so i yes I still trust in his mercy. I see myself with the with the scripture that say uh oh, peter and did you? Love me more than this, and he kept asking. And the Lord say, uh, I do, Laura, I, I do love you. And then he he kind of got a little pissed off in the third time and say, you know, you know, I love you, God. And 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 I would see myself like, you know, that she like he saying to me, girl, do you love me more than this? Your grandkids, the mm, children, that's and right. And the, I mean, me that, personally, that's right. So yeah. That, That's what I hear God telling me. That's
1: good. Well, Bruni, we hear that too, and we're so grateful for your call. We're going to send you a copy of Dr. Dave Stoops' Living Well, Finishing Strong. or No, it isn't. It's Living Strong, Finishing Well. That's right. And I think that that will give you some inspiration as you um, go into this next chapter of your life. It's it's you know like you said, Joe, we got work to do mm-hmm. till Forever. we are with Jesus, which is a you know should be encouraging. Right now, we are going to call or we're going to talk with LaWanda, who's calling us from Dallas, Texas. Listen sign KWRD. Hello, LaWanda, how are you?
9: How can okay, we help you? My question was, how do you know when it's time? to let the grandchild go back with the parents. How do you know that?
1: Okay, well give us a little bit more information. Are you the primary caregiver,
9: Juana and
1: for how long? Well,
9: I am. Okay. I um, I had her um, when she was a month, uh, CTS brought her to me, and then um, they gave her back when she was seven, and then her mom brought her back to me, and she was there and been there, and then when I would take her on every other weekend, and one time I took her uh, right before she turned six. Her mom had, was on the bed unresponsive, and the pipe thing fell out. And I was like, okay, this is it, God. I don't need to see no more. So I wouldn't let her go anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she... I, now I need to know how do I let her go. I have a... I have a, I mean, I'm not... I mean, it's a lot of things I've been trying to teach her, and... Mm-hmm. You know, I take her to church. She's a, she's a real active baby. She's a pretty smart girl in school. I give her a chicken. She We're in the Y M C I I try to make sure she has a good child. And
7: mm-hmm.
9: But, you know, I know she loves... Parents love their mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. How, How old is she mean, now, LaWanda? Me. How old is she? She's seven. Oh, she's,
9: she's seven, seven now. Okay. Well, the she's
1: first... How <sighs> The first question, though, Luanda, is is mom, are mom and dad healthy? Are they able to take care of her? Mm-hmm. Well, the fact because that you just dad, did that.
9: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the dad is not, because he, he's incarcerated. So. Okay. All right. So, but I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, I want to have a, a healthy grandchild. I want her to be healthy. Wealthy, and I want her to know that she's loved. I tell her all the time, everybody loves you
2: mm-hmm.
9: more than anything. Oh. So I want her to be healthy. And you know,
2: and, so. and what does she say about her mom? Does she talk about her parents?
9: Uh, Yeah, she does.
2: Mm-hmm. And
9: I, I I have a task to explain her situation to her. I have a task to let her know she's biracial. I have a task of letting her know that they love her, but they just not.
2: They're not well. I used to say,
9: "Yeah, that's what I used to say," and then I stopped saying. Well, let me just tell the truth. I don't want her to come up to me years and say, "Why well, you just didn't tell me the truth?" And right. I'd be like, okay, baby, they're on
1: drugs. So. Right. Well, and you know, Luanda, along that same line, it's good because children will worry about parents when you say they're not well. Right. right. So you can say things like oh. they're not making good choices. Yes, I, I'm that's curious, good though, line. to further the question is, Luanda, what is, like, if your desire is because you think she needs to be with her parents, but you know her parents aren't
9: well, how do you think that's going to work? Uh, I am. Probably, yeah. I'm I'm there to protect her, and I know if she mm-hmm. put in a situation and she get physically hurt or, meant or something hurts, I know that the CPS people would bring her back yes. because they'd be like, you put her in harm. So right. now I deal with, you know, trying to let her know that they love her, right. but they just um, maybe just say not in love with her. Let's just put it like that. They love her, but they might not be in love with her. Okay. Uh, you know. All right. Let's I see mean, if we can help you. Well, Luana. and the,
2: and the drugs have have changed them, and and has made them make bad right. choices. And he's incarcerated. R- uh, right. Right.
1: Jim, what's the most yeah. important thing Luanda needs to keep in mind? In Luanda, this- I
3: think by far and you kind of mentioned it is is the safety and the welfare, welfare of the child mm-hmm. you're not yeah. running a popularity contest and by the way i think you're a wonderful grandma yes i yes. want you as my adopted grandma for the day <laughs> you're awesome because you're caring so much for that little seven-year-old and so it's the safety and the welfare and and partly you're in you have a team with with C, you said cps child protective services they also want her to be Safe, mm-hmm. and so you don't have to make some of those decisions on your own. You can make the decisions with child protective safe uh, uh, child protective services. So um, I wouldn't put that burden just on you. I would have them help you do the work to well, and decide. It
2: starts with visitation,
3: exactly,
2: right? Monitored what, visitation, yeah, right, it, it, and the, and drug screening. Yeah, yeah. it's so,
3: baby steps, mm-hmm. exactly.
2: And the most important
1: thing that you are doing, Luanda, is providing safety and stability,
2: consistency. Yeah.
1: My goodness, for any child, I don't care yeah. if they come from a situation like your granddaughter came from, or just a typical home. Yeah, that
9: stability. I, I, it, go ahead. I want to let her know she's a child of God. Yeah. It, it, Mm-hmm. He knew that the situation that she was in, and that he made her strong enough yep. to endure. That's right. I mm-hmm.
1: try to tell her that. That's right. But she's just seven. Yep, and wish, seven. And because she's with you, Luanda, she's going to hear that every day yeah. of her life, and you're going to prepare her for life ahead. I'm glad you called.
4: To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back. We are going to keep Taking calls, we got some in queue. One eight hundred two two nine three thousand. So call us, but um, we want to say one more thing about Lawanda's call. Um, you know, this is an example, Jim, of what you said earlier in the program, where we can do the right thing and it doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. or it doesn't always have the best circumstance. Yeah. You know, There's, we, yeah. Lawanda's doing the right thing by right. taking care of this child, but in her heart, she's thinking she needs to be with the parent, right. but. How do we evaluate that? Right.
3: And if the, parent, the parent is still doing drugs, yeah, so the isn't parent's parent. passed out, that's not That's not right. good. Right, You want to be able, because that's not safety and welfare for the child. What's th- thinking what's best for the child. That's why she has to get wise counsel on the side right. too. Right. Not only from a counselor, but also with the child protective services, because they, they understand that they're going to interview the mom, even things. And then you mentioned right before we went to the break was yeah, you know, with a lot of these people, what you you start with visitation and you see yeah. how responsible oh, yeah. they are. Or you said yeah, that, thank yeah, you. right? Uh, visitation and then how did that visit go? Awesome, it really went good. Good. Then we'll take another step. Right. Uh, didn't go so good here. Right. Uh, she didn't show. Right, right, you know, things like that. But I don't think we just you know right. all of a sudden go from you know nurturing and care to just putting them right. over there. I, I don't think that's the well, way. Well, and they, that's
2: not going to make mom be a good parent. And if no. mom isn't asking either right. for right. the child and not right. taking steps to get her yeah. child back. Yeah. Right. And we right. have so many families
1: that the yes. grandparents are raising. And Jim, you quoted. 10%. That's
3: statistic. what I'm hearing. 10%, 10% yeah.
1: yeah, And so mm-hmm. when you think about it, the goal has to be to raise a secure child yes, that even in the midst of the craziness that is in their lives that they know they're loved and they're secure no matter what the situation is Um, we're going to send Luanda a copy of How We Love Our Kids because it talks all about Mm -hmm. that you know the last thing you want uh, Luanda, is to keep sending her back only for her to come back because mom can't take care of her because she may get the message that you don't want her and Mm -hmm. I know that's not what you're saying but we just we don't want to have volleyball going on with the kids and uh, if you have this as part of your family story, um, just remember we're, you're trying to raise that child mm-hmm. in a stable circumstance, as even in the instability that they may be experiencing. We're glad you called, LaMonda We'll be praying for that situation. We are going to talk with. I cannot see that. Vera, who's calling us from Baltimore, listens on WAVA. Hello, Vera. How can we help you today?
5: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I'm so grateful for this program. I really am. Um, after 44 years of marriage, my husband graduated to heaven two years ago.
8: Mm.
5: And even though I have a strong support system of family and friends, and I, my relationship with the Lord is very strong, I still struggle with this new identity of being a widow. Mm. And um, I uh, I called because I was wondering if you had any resources available that um, I can read or um, attend that would help me in this area.
2: Oh, it's, we're so sorry, Vera. I it, know. it is such a hard, it's home. really hard to go from a we to a me. Yeah, again yeah. in in life, True. right. Yeah. Your identity True. is in being married and being his wife.
3: Yeah, especially forty four yeah. years. I yeah,
2: think. that's right. and very you've lifetime. done some work,
1: right? You have you done yes. uh you know, a grief share or any kind of recovery group yes. like that? Okay. And do you have yes. a do you have a group of friends or family that is supporting you? I do, yes. Okay. Very much so. So you just
2: are trying to find this new person that you've become. Right. I I think it's a combination, Vera. And whether through death or divorce, it takes time for your uh, new identity to kind of evolve and for you to truly embrace it and accept it. Because there's a part of us that always wants to hold on to what felt normal, Mm -hmm. right, and what we wanted. And so to somehow... You know, change that up feels like, oh, I'm losing something even more, Mm -hmm. because it's not only the person, it's the lifestyle, right? right? It's the identity, all those things. So I think um, having a a group of people and, and maybe even a support group. Where you can meet to talk about some of the issues of grieving and moving forward and know that it's going to be kind of a back and forth. Some days are going to be better than other days and that, you know, taking the steps to try on new things is part of it is part of and and it'll be over time suddenly you'll look back and go, Oh wow, I do feel different. Right. My life is different. And lots of times right. when people have lost a spouse, you know, there are things that get co created with a spouse. And and there's right. kind of a divide and conquer. And when you're just you, suddenly it's like, oh, all those things he did now I have to figure out. Right. right. Or there's maybe exactly interests mm-hmm. that you gave up because it wasn't an interest of his, right? right? And so now right. suddenly you're going right. to go and do those things that you wouldn't have done with him. Yeah. Right,
5: sure. And and
2: I think Absolutely. I think too having things to look forward to. Mm-hmm. I have one friend who's a, a widow or um in her 50s and she plans trips and she travels and she creates, you know, right. opportunities right. to do to have experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Jim, and what would you add to that? Me.
3: You know, Vera, I had an experience mm-hmm. a, a week ago that was so similar. A, a woman came up to me after I was preaching at a church, and she said she'd lost her husband two years. And she had a group of women around her, and she said, uh, it's just so hard. She goes, these are my family. They're a, it was a small group of, mm-hmm. of women who were going through a book. And uh, and when she told me kind of what you said, I said, you know, I think you're really going through something normal. I wanted to give her great advice and insight. Mm-hmm. And I I said, sounds really like you're healthy because you're going through this, you know, change in identity. Mm-hmm. And I I reminded her that it takes oftentimes, you know, two, three, four, five years, never the same, but, you know, to kind of work through some of that. And this woman, right. uh, that this particular church has something called Grief Share. We mentioned this. and And I had mentioned it in the sermon, and so she was going to go sign up for that. And I said, I think that'll be really helpful for you because you're going to see other people who are going through the same thing. And again, you'll get insight from them, but you will also say, wow, they're going through the same thing and see that some of what you're going through is very, very normal. Universal. If you've been married for if you were married for 44 years to not, be in touch with the pain and the identity issues and whatnot would say that you're not doing it normal. But you are normal because you're going through that. Any of us would would have that kind of an experience. So as Jill said, now it's time to build back up and find new experiences and fresh experiences. Right. But. Uh, I think well, and two years
2: is nothing. Well, and I was thinking compared to forty-four, like like Steve and I have always said, you know, at five years, the five-year mark is kind of a milestone because it's like, oh wow, I've made it this far, right? But it doesn't mean that it's over, and it doesn't have to be
1: in desperation either, Vera. That you can you can look forward. You know that uh, if you're, I assume your husband was a believer. He yeah. he wouldn't come back if he had to <laughs> because he's, he's celebrating right. with Jesus. And sometimes going through grief share another time, at, you know, you're in a different place, yeah. will give you some more insight. But y- if you want, you could join us at our Emotional Freedom online workshop, which is going to be March 16th. I think that could help you as well as get connected with um, some folks there. Um, I'm actually going to send you a copy of Take Your Life Back. And you may think that that's strange. But when we think about um, growth that comes in healing mm-hmm. – it's very much being able to identify your side of the street. What is me? What What is mine? And to move forward in that direction. I hope that's helpful. If it
5: will, yes. If, if it will help me um, deal with the pain, being normal now is so painful. Yes. So painful. Right. So,
1: well, it's it's yes. going to, Vera, what it's going to do is going to begin your healing. And the pain will relieve some pain and then you'll continue to grow. We're grateful that you called. We're going to keep saying, we're going to keep answering your calls at 1-800-229-3000. Jim Burns and Dr. Joel Hubbard. We're so grateful that you're here. Thank you, listeners. Hold on if you're waiting, because we're going to get right to it.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you'd take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, We have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.